Hello, welcome to episode 91 of the Joel Fleischman Happy Hour podcast. I'm super ecstatic and excited to have Mike Warner here from American Dream Builders. Did I even do that right? Wow, I was like, I didn't know the first time you heard of me. I was like, (laughs) no, I know it's American, and I'm like, I think I know the last two, but I'm not exactly certain. Of course. Hey, welcome. Cheers. (laughs) Yes, also, I could look at your website at any given point. Uh, Out of Sheboygan. Are you actually officially, also, I don't know. Sheboygan Falls or Sheboygan? Sheboygan County? Sheboygan. Sheboygan. All of Sheboygan County, yes. Yes, that's But gonna I, I'm probably going to start branching out more toward Ozaki County. Okay, welcome. A booming uh, area in our state. Uh, Mike has been a great customer of ours for many, many years. Really, really fun guy. So we're going to do something totally different today. Right, Marcus? Episode 91, which would be famous 91s? Mr. Dennis Rodman. I don't think there's any more that gets more famous than that. Is it Bonnie Holiday? What famous Packer 91s? I think it was 90, because I got a jersey at home. It was, he was 90, because it's just like B.J. Rogers. Somebody's listening that knows what a 91 is. If Packer you want to call in right now and let <laughs> us like know. Who <laughs> <laughs> we will get back to you. So we're going to do something totally different since it's a Dennis Rodman podcast. 91. Von Holiday? Von Holiday? Preston. Preston Smith of current yeah, Packer. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. Really? It's just like one of them under the radar. I don't know. Like It gets no love and no credit, no support. I guess I'm one of those people. Probably does a good job. I don't know. I guess higher expectations. Too high when you get a free... Packers sign so few agents when you sign one, you think they're going to be Reggie White, expect, right? Yeah, you expect another Reggie White. Yeah, if they're not Reggie White, you're like, eh, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, another bust. Tony Mandrich. Right. Okay. All right, we're on. Let's go. We only got 30... Oh, we're revising the podcast for all you loyal, loyal listeners. We're going to a 32-hour... Po- 32-minute podcast. 32 hours. <laughs> Marathon. 32-minute podcast uh, for my favorite all-time NBA player, you know him well, Magic Johnson. Mm, yes, one of the best. Yep. So I'm, I'm told that the reason you're cutting it back to 32 minutes is because I'm not that entertaining. Is that true? Yes, that's why we're doing the first one. But you are entertaining, and that's also why we're doing this totally reverse. So please, please listen up. Uh, Mike, at this point, is hijacking the podcast. I have one other person that actually tried without saying it, which was Raina Jeffrey. Shout out to Raina if she's listening. And I basically beat her down during the podcast. She started drilling me with questions. I said, that is not going to happen. <laughs> we had one other gentleman uh, that actually hijacked our podcast. I don't even know where to take it. Um, Black. Stallion Dex. Stallion Dex. Stallion Dex, yeah. So, anyways. Mike, daughter, Mike, the floor, Mike, the floor is yours. All right. Um, what kind of things do you want to talk about as far as my business? What things do I want to talk about yes. as far as your business? <laughs> that is a really horrible intro. Uh, yeah, what do I want to talk about as far as your business? What I would love to know is how you got started, why you got into it. Okay. Well, I started back in 95 working for my brother. Uh, did that for 15 years. Then we had a small crash. Why at all, though? Like, I mean, it just was a job to do. Are you sorry. Why are you passionate, you know, deeper? Why are you passionate about construction? Is this something you okay. stumbled into? So, second generation. Uh, you can relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, my father was a builder in Sheboygan County for many, many years. Started in 64. And my brother took over. Uh, time out. For, yeah. Is that true? You guys were the first um, guys to use roof trusses? Very likely, yes. Very, through, yeah. Probably through Richco, Richard, yeah. Richco Richardson, yeah, right? Correct, right, yeah. right. I, I, well, I, I, I heard the story that you were the first guys to do that. That was called Ale Wagner, which my dad owned. Okay. He owned his own lumber yard, so that kind of like what you like to do. You like to kind of control so many aspects of the And business. where was that? In Haven. In Haven, okay, yeah. where the trust so is for Richco now. now. Yes, correct. And yeah. it was called what? 
A.L. Wagner. And he had bought that? That wasn't He bought his name, that obviously. so that he'd have his own lumber yard. He had wow. Control. Wow. He was also a, one of the rare so he bought, builders. He bought the lumber from the rail. This was in Correct. the 60s? Uh, he started in 64. Wow, okay, 60s, yeah. early 70s. Yeah, so it would have been the 70s that he probably did wow, that. Wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, he did everything. He owned his own concrete company. I think I have, you know, plumbers. I collect nail belts. I don't know if you saw that coming in. No. So I have nail belts from Lumberyards. Uh, the, 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 the parameters, either we bought them, we are them, uh, or they went out of business. And they have to be within the state of Wisconsin is how, how I collect I think I have one. Do you have Do you have one of those? I don't. No. Well, let's go check that out before you leave. Okay. You can have it. Let's I don't put them away, but <laughs> I'll, get, I'll, I'll give that to you as a parting gift if I have one. I like it. Yeah, so I worked for my brother up until the crash in 2010 is when I got laid off. I flipped houses for three years, and then when I saw the economy's coming back, it's like time to get back into new home construction. So I started American Dream Builders, and it's now been 10 years. So well, been why did you come back? Why did you come back? Into new home construction? Yeah. I always had a passion for it. You just like it. Loved it, it yeah. I, you know, I, one of the things that I loved growing up was when my dad would drive through neighborhoods and say, I built that house, I built that house, I built that house. I mean, he built essentially entire neighborhoods, uh, entire blocks. You just love how he created things. Yeah. And really yeah. built. I, 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 somebody asked me this week, what do I love about working here? And, I, you know, the cliche thing, which is absolutely true, all the people I work with, um, our mission is supply happiness. But I said, you know what? One of the underrated things about working here is meeting guys like Mike, or I never met your dad. They're entrepreneurs. They took a chance on themselves, but they're building our community. Right. Like they're building where we live. They're, they're figuring out subdivisions. They're taking huge chances. Like they're cool dudes. Like they're, they're, their brains work different, right? You see your dad says that. Yeah. Really funny, like my kids when they were little sidebar, we would drive by places and they thought I was a builder till they were like 12 years old. Cause I'd go, right? I did nothing essentially. I wasn't even the salesman on the job. He'd be like, oh yeah, we did that. We did that hotel. We did that house. Nice. <laughs> they just thought I was a builder. <laughs> and they were, finally they're like, so dad, you didn't really do anything on that, did you? I was like, no, nah, not, not, not actually. Right. And, you know, I, I can get teased that way too. So I'm not a guy who carries a hammer yeah. or a tool belt. I don't even really own a tool belt. But I oversee everything. I'm very hands-on as a builder. I'm at the job sites every day. I, I actually love being at the job sites. I don't want to be an office guy that just simply oversees everything from his office. So, I want to be there. So I, from what I understand, you might even know this better than me, 48 different subcontractors on your on your house. Does that sound about right? That's what I've always been told. Uh, That's the number I've been rolling with. It doesn't seem that high. It doesn't even seem No. I don't think I have. You think you'd have less than that? No, because when I, I think when I do my don't forget about the shower. Costing, don't forget about the shower door guy, and you know that's me. Okay, well, so how many do you the have? Bushes the so many do you have? <laughs> and maybe that's more of a commercial world, but so um, many do you have? If I had to guess, I'd say maybe twenty. Let's just go with twenty. Okay. Of the twenty, hey, these are the three things of all twenty that I. These are the three top things that I'm like. You want to do business with me, you want to make me happy, you want to help me build more homes, you want to do my business for life, you want to make my customers happy, whatever that is. What are the top three of that? And then what are the top three that drive you absolutely bonkers? I'd say the thing that I like about the subcontractors that I work with is I've built a strong loyalty with them, a trust factor that for the most part, I can rely on them that when I ask them to be there, they're going to be there. So reliability? Yeah. Their pricing number one, number one, Number one overall or more trust over, like are you using the word trust or reliability as a, num as a thing? Or does that kind of go hand I'd in hand? I'd say yeah, it's to some extent it goes hand in hand, but yeah, I trust that they're going to give me the kind of quality that I, I expect from them and I expect from myself. Uh, 
when you use the same people over and over again, you're getting consistent pricing, which I think is extremely important. There are times where I can sometimes, if I have to guess what some of my subcontractors are going to charge because I've used them so many times that I know this house is fairly similar to that house, so it's going to be about that price. Well, and so. we've, we've had a, a, some conversations on trust, you and I, um, about Drexel and us. And I do think trust, um, I try to teach the team that, trust is like a tree, it it's grows like a tree. It takes a long time to earn trust, but it can come down with one big mm -hmm. swing of that ax, or at least a couple, a couple swings, right? Maybe it doesn't happen the first time. But for instance, like price, right? Like a lot of our builders trust us on price. They really do. I mean, you don't have time to shop 20 subs every job, right? Like you simply Correct. don't have time. Yes. You simply run out of time. And if you did, it'd be, it honestly is, for those of you, you know, watching, listening in, it's mind-bogglingly confusing because it's apples and oranges. And I, I didn't know he did it this way. He does it this way. It's kind of, it's, it's tough. Um, so for us at Drexel, and I've been involved in the pricing now for about a year, and you and I have talked about it, um, a little less than a year, maybe six months I've been involved in the pricing, just making, having the entire team, taking away commission-based salesmen, and then pricing everything out the very best we can. I say pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Like to support local builders, to me, a part of great customer service is a good price. I think people forget that. Like that's part of the good customer service is a fair, decent, honest, good price. Not, well, I, I think in our industry, honestly, in every sub, right? Our industry has always been known for this. Well, I start really low and then I crank it up a little by little, <laughs> right? And then so basically your best customers pay the most until you get your hand in the cookie jar, Mike gets a bit, he's like, oh shit, Mike caught me out, right? So your best friends in the business, your best guys in the industry, and our industry is known for that, pay the most. The most loyal guys pay the most. That's what our industry is known for. And the guy that's like a, a jag off and does get three bids on everything and, and, and throws you to the coals is paying less. What the fuck is that? Well, it's just the way our world works. Correct, but it's un but so it's, it, so we've yeah. been at Drexel been hyper aware, as Marcus knows, and basically anyone that works at us know, all eight hundred of us know. I've been hyper aware. Everybody gets the same price. It's as low as it possibly can be. We've eliminated, in many places, two-step distribution, which is thirty to forty percent markup, and let's pass that on to the builder. We we live at about a three percent bottom line. We're trying to get to ten percent due to efficiencies having our own plants and that sort of thing. That's it. Like, let's give them a good price. If they can buy in somewhere cheaper, don't give me what your Drexel and our guys have shiny trucks and they're smiley, so I'll pay 20% more. That's not real. No. Right. That, that, you That's can't, and you can't compete with no. that. No. So anyways, trust that to me is price, responsiveness, reliability, right? Mm-hmm. Quality products. I mean, you referenced that already. Yeah. And I've actually gone through a phase where it's just you realize at some point that somebody's not working out for you. Whether it's that you don't you don't trust them anymore, or, or you feel that they're upping their price in a way where it's like okay, now they're it almost feels like they're taking advantage of. No, you can perceive it, right? You can yes, correct. It. And, and, so and, when and, it, and, and they're more you're more work for them than like you're not a customer anymore. You're like a, a burden. Uh, or does it get that far? I'd say at some point it feels like. They take you for granted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for granted, correct. Right. Comfortable for granted. Correct, yes. Right. That I can always rely on this job, so let's charge a little more, charge a little more, charge a little more. And maybe not be as responsive and maybe be a little correct. sloppy. And, and, and if, if it was just a case of everything's going great and you're charging a little bit more, I can deal with that. It's when the, the customer service seems to slack a little bit because they start to take you for granted. That's when you realize that maybe I should just get a competitive bid and see, am I... 
is it um, should I stay in line with that person or should I move on? So I want to talk a little bit more about trust. Just came out of sales training on that. I said also as we, as maybe we're in recession and, and Drexel needs more customers, um, or sell. What we really don't need is more customers. We need to sell more things to our current customers. A little bit of both probably. If, if we're in recession and we're going to stay open and we're only a three to five percent bottom line company, without letting anybody off. I mean, duh. We either need to sell more to more customers right. or sell, you know, categories. more categories, right? So. Anyways, a little bit of that is trust too. It's really hard to switch though, isn't it? It's a learning curve and sometimes that learning curve is worth the effort and sometimes it's not. It's right. like- But you're building it for a home. The frustration level, you have only so much tolerance for getting frustrated because you're trying to teach someone what you've become so accustomed to working out every job. And you and you have a huge trust that the, the homeowner's trusting you, right? So it has to be, I'm guessing it's very hard to say, I've never used this person before on your house, Yeah, but we're going to try it. I hope it works. That's, that's an expression you would never want to say to a customer. No, but in the back of your mind, <laughs> In the though, back right? of your mind, you're thinking like, that correctly. Or they, yes. they ask you, like, well, what about, uh, let's just use cabinetry, right? Which is a, uh, one of the products, obviously, that we sell. We never used this cabinetry manufacturer before, but why don't you go to that showroom? Her name is, I don't know. We're going to try them. Good luck. Yes. I mean, that's kind of how you got <laughs> to well, keep my to, fingers well, you crossed. Have to sense, you have to sense that at some point, right? Like, yes. Gee, I mean, so to me, it's like, if we earn somebody's new business, put in that amount of work and effort and really show them you have to, you have to build the trust before the product arrives by being reliable, promptness, sincerity, you know, really helping that guy out and understanding what a big switch that is for that person. Not, hey, you were in a showroom, I quoted it out, what do you think, we're gonna do that? I'm like, it's way bigger than that psychologically for a builder, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, trust is a huge thing because when you talk about a, a new home, that, that's the largest investment they're ever going to make. So it's not just a case of you're giving them the best price because any customer who only uses the builder that gives them the best price is somehow getting a shortcoming in somewhere, in some area. So I always tell customers, I, I can tell you right now, I probably won't be the best price. I'm going to be extremely competitive, but I'm going to tell you all the reasons why I may be higher than someone else. And mainly it's because I am giving you upgraded products than what they're giving because those are products that I believe in and I think you should really have in your house. So then it's just really a matter of how much can you convince them that the products that you use, the, the subcontractors that you use are perfectly right for them. And, and that's why your price may be a little bit more than what someone else's. Right, and then you're so you're just looking for the customers that align with you, right? Yeah, I, I, and not everyone does. I mean, I I I think it boils down to can you instill in them the the idea that you're going to build them the best house they can possibly get? It's a hugely emotional thing. Oh, absolutely. Which it should be. It right. should be. It's not just about the dollars. It's emotional. Um, you know, obviously, tons of people always ask me, Joel, who should I get for a builder, uh, remodeler? Um, and I always say. Go with the person you trust. Go with your gut. There's going to be changes. Did they include the dumpster? Did they have the you know driveway figured in? Are they helping you? Are they going to be open to ideas? And that's more not asking those those kind of questions because you just won't know. It's the unknowns. So you just have to have this trust factor that you like that person. Right. If you come in skeptical, it's going to get worse as the process goes. I assume. Yeah, and and I think some of the things that. I like to get across to people is that I've done design when I worked at my last 
uh, builder's place. So I understand the design aspect of it. So it's not that I just want them to bring me a plan and then I don't provide any input because I always offer input and it's up to them if they want to take my input. And then when it comes to color schemes and all that kind of stuff, I, I actually enjoy giving them input as to this looks good together and, and I, I, I think you should maybe consider this product uh, because I think you're going to be happier with it. So I think that's, that's very helpful with customer making a decision as to, yeah, this, this customer or this builder is really going to do me a nice job. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. Love that, Marcus. Absolutely. We call those value adds. So that, that, those are your value adds. We feel as a supplier, we need to give you a value add. Hey, here's a new product lineup. This is what we do. Here's something to consider. Speaking of that, you are an, you are an offsite builder. Yes, I am. Thanks to you That's guys. So excited! Oh my yes. gosh, look at me smile. Look at feel the love. How is it going with offsite? Straight up honest. Overall, I mean, obviously there's going to be hiccups because it's once again it's a learning curve. But uh, overall, the customer is ecstatic because they go to work in the morning, they come that evening and they can't believe they actually have a house to look at. The neighbors are the same way, blown away. They walk their dog in the morning, they walk their dog later in the day and they're like, I don't understand, how can there be a house here? So it, it's been well, fantastic that creates a, that from creates that a buzz. It creates a buzz. Oh, absolutely. And then I think as you get into the winter months, it makes it even better because anytime you can shorten that window of time that it takes to frame a house, whether it's two and a half weeks, three weeks, you take that down to five days where it's completely enclosed, the inside's done, everything. I mean, th that's a game changer. I mean, as far as getting your rough mechanicals in sooner, your basement floor poured, I, I'm, it's saving time is critical in this Well, and industry. I think in the winter, and, and any time, right, if we can re eliminate some of that moisture. The first time I built was in the year 2000 in here in Campbellsport. And I remember going to my house, right? It was very, very cold, couple of weeks, months. There was four or five inches of ice built up a frost on the floor, right, in the OSB. And was my house fine? Yes, but they had to wait for it to dry out. And was it perfect? Mm -hmm. No, I would, would I rather have that dried? Yes. Um, so I think there's some speed there for sure. And I do think in the winter, especially for offsite, there's that, the flex tape. The products don't work very good in the field. And humans' fingers don't work very good in the field. Right, yeah. So we're installing the windows in a controlled setting, 60 degrees, professionally trained. Yeah, and it, can we do that wrong? Of course, there's still humans. But somebody when it's 10 below in Sheboygan or five degrees, and if they're missing, a, I always said that if they're missing a shim in their back pocket, and they're on the second story, are they going back to the trailer to get that second shim? <laughs> I'll just speak for myself. I'm not. I'm gonna be like, oh, my fingers are freezing. If I don't put that shim on, I'm done for the day. We're good. Put the tape on, run away. That's how I feel. Again, sadly, I'm not picking on any framing carpenter. I'm sure all of you would never do that. I know I would. Um, so having that controlled setting for that tape. That does not perform well below 14 degrees uh, is huge. Mm. Have you heard about? Not have, you heard, have you heard about the uh, blue board? I got to get your opinion on blue board. I'm going to be using it on an upcoming oh, job. The next are. job I'm this doing. This is like he is yeah. not paid sponsor. This is not paid for. <laughs> I but did yeah, get free swag though. How, how do you understand blue board? How, you, how would you sell? To, how would you sell to a homeowner? Uh, well, one of the advantages of using blue board when you're framing on, uh, on site is that you don't have to worry about the wind factor when you're trying to put the house wrap on. Uh, so that eliminates that whole need for it. Uh, it's just a, a better product from the standpoint of vapor barrier because the house wrap is only as good as the person that installed it, whereas the blue board is going to be, I mean, just, there's really no wrong way to install yeah, it. Yeah, especially, especially. So it's going to be better. 
Especially since ninety percent of it is done in a factory. In a factory, correct. In Closed a controlled environment. Um, I think it's cleaner. I mean, part of offsite is just that. Again, that that buzz factor in the community. It's clean. It's, it makes it even cleaner. You drive back. So, what is blueboard? It's really an exterior sheathing, uh, taped applied versus an OSB with uh, either Drexel house wrap or tie back wrapped around it. I always said that's like a gift. Uh, uh, Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim O'Brien says, "Hey, the best way if you're going outside on a hike is uh, Tim O'Brien home shuttle." Tim O'Brien, right? He's like, "If you go on a hike, Joel, think about it. The best thing to do is you wear a wool sweater, right? That would be your insulation and your OSB, and then you throw a rain jacket over the top, right? That's your Tyvek." I've always kind of believed in that, but as I challenged Tim on it, you know what I really like? Just throwing on one jacket. Right. That <laughs> I just like shorts and a tank top. <laughs> <laughs> but if I have to pick. Mike's humor has not come out on this podcast yet, but I'm shocked. Yeah, He's one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my life. Um, so, right, one jacket, and what, what the exterior sheathing does to me, which with my analogy is always a rain jacket. Essentially, that tie back is a rain jacket. But all it takes is one rip in a rain jacket. Mm-hmm. You don't go, well, it's only got a small rip on the shoulder because water is going to find the source, the easiest source to go in and penetrate. And once they find it, it's going to keep going. Right. So a, a one-inch rip on your rain jacket nullifies the entire rain jacket. So why would you rain jacket it? I call it like wrapping a Christmas gift. Like we're gonna offsite your house in a factory and then wrap it with a Christmas present and then try to tape it up when we're there. I don't get it. Like I don't get it. Yeah. Fundamentally, I don't get it. I love the blue board. I'm so glad we could bring it to the marketplace. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, my first house with it um, January. Yeah, um, yeah. people that, um, that helped us get that, I was like, we have to figure it out. Again, back to price. We bought that by the car by the car load, took a huge chance buying it by the car load, um, told the manufacturers, we're bringing this to Wisconsin, you have to help us. Um, that got us 5 to $7 less a sheet than Zip. Still offering Zip, but it's a much significantly lower price point than Zip, uh, who's made by Huber, again, which is through a two-step distribution, not Mail Direct. Um, and we challenged Zip and said, hey, you got to help us, but they are, they are. They have pretty when tremendous this, market share. When is your house wrap coming out? Because I'm still getting Tyvek on my houses. So you have a quarterback named Ben Plokar. You just need to ask him. It is oh. It is sitting there in the keel yard, Ben. Aha. Uh-huh. Ben Plokar. Uh, call him Ben Plokar. Hello, hello Ben yeah. Plokar. Sure he's watching right now. <laughs> and I know Ben. Hi, Ben. I'm guessing he's red as hell in the face right now oh. and like slamming this console. He told me it's painful to listen to these podcasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not this one. <laughs> now, now it will really be painful. All the listeners. <laughs> yeah. So Drexel House Wrap. Yeah, thank you. Drexel House Wrap is $20 less a roll? I think 20 or was it more? Was it $50 less a roll? It's a significantly less a roll. Hmm. But the exact same benefits of Tyvek, we have a company made that for us out of West Virginia. So um, it's really, really cool. Like, they, they, it's it's the same specs. It's the same specs. We just aren't paying for the uh, Hallmark Tyvek name. And, again, we do love Tyvek and Hallmark and all of our sponsors, including uh, Zip. But um, if there's a if there's a product point that hits a different price point, especially in this economy um, where people are concerned about price, more than probably I've seen in a long time, uh, we have to drive products to you, the builder, um, in a different way. Hmm. We're coming out with lock sets uh, through an importer. Um, that should be, uh, Ben, please make sure you tell Mike about this, okay? Um, and I think that'll be in the ground. It will be here by January, half the price of Schleich. Come on. And I've been selling lock sets for 30 years, right? And I know, I mean, I used, used to be the buyer for lock sets. We used to have a design house. We had master lock. So I said, I, I challenged our merchants. We have five merchants now to buy things direct, import things ourselves. <laughs> We're 
act like a $400 million company. Wake up, right? Don't act like a $20 million company. Act like a $400 million company. So they went to an importer and said, what do you got? They started sending us samples. Nine different manufacturers sent us samples all over the world. Got one of these, and he's like, you're going to like this one. We opened the box up. I can't tell the difference. Really? You can't tell the difference by weight. Usually locksets are just done by weight. It's just like what's in them. Uh, the rekeying kit's the same. The, the, I think they copied them. Reverse engineering. <laughs> they reverse engineered something <laughs> overseas. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it will literally be on a house of your quality and size, Mike, probably five to $600 less for the Loxa package. I can't tell the difference. Hmm. Yeah, great, right? I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and uh, on and on, we can kind of talk about product building. How's the economy looking? In your opinion, as a builder in Sheboygan County? Phone never rings as much as I would like it to. Uh, but I don't know. I, the, the beauty of it is I have my own subdivision on the north side of Sheboygan near the north side Walmart. So if that's right, where so I'm focusing can, a lot you, of you my... You plug a little bit, plug a little, sell the lots, how much you sell the lots Have for? you plugged yourself yet? I feel like I'm doing that nonstop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jeez. It's excruciating stop? to listen to. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> excruciating. <laughs> well, I just popped the second beer, so it's, the shit's getting real right now. Right. I just get excited. So, so you, as excited as I was, why don't you get just as excited as your subdivision? I, I my doctor told me I can't get too excited, yeah, or I have heart, fair, yeah, uh, heart issues. They make so, that, yeah, they make so that, I, I, I like putting spec houses in my um, subdivision whenever the economy slows down a little bit. And it's like spec houses always sell. Okay, so they're always something nice to fall back on. The beauty of it is too is the shortage I, I have hundred percent control. The shortage of Sheboygan County is a very real thing, correct? It's Absolutely. The, the shortage yeah. of housing. So again, mm -hmm. I build a spec. You build a spec. You're creating a home in Sheboygan County, which is needed. Yeah. I think a lot of people still don't realize that, regardless of the economic situations. At least in Sheboygan County, probably Ozaki too. They just don't have enough homes. Right, yeah. Uh, based on, I guess you'd probably, if you want to speak on why don't they have enough homes, right? Because that, that, again, sounds like I'm just making it up. Well, some of the disconnect comes in where the public and this, this whole belief that you can still build a house for 300000 or 250000 It's I still get calls like that. Well, I'd like to build a house, and then when you find out their budget is 300000 you hate to be the guy that tells them that it's just, it's, it's not a doable thing anymore. It's just it's it's an unrealistic budget. Which was only how many years ago that you, could, that you were probably selling a home for three hundred thousand. Oh my God! Yeah, Which, I, mean, I think really, back honestly, to my like first. What, like what year do you think? I mean, it's probably only five years ago, right? Well, to put it into perspective, my first year, two thousand thirteen, I did a seventeen hundred square foot ranch with a finished lower level. So all said and done, it was about twenty three hundred square feet. You're, that's a big home. That's a beautiful home. Yeah, it was. Four bedrooms, three three baths, uh, three car garage. I sold it for two seventy nine on a one third acre lot in the town of Sheboygan. So those that don't know, what does that sell for today? Same same that house, same, same house I've now done, and it's more like four hundred and seventy nine thousand. That, that's in ten years. Yeah, in a mere ten years, it's gone up that much. I think just since COVID, it's gone up about thirty three percent. Absolutely, yeah. labor and product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, combination of both. And and you know, I, I hats off to you guys because lumber is back to pre COVID pricing. Yeah, and yet nothing else has found its way back down again. Everything else went up and stayed up. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we are at rock bottom. I mean, this is historically low. Mm -hmm. The mills are uh, one of the mills can for lost fifty. Uh, don't quote me on this if you're googling me, but. I believe Canfor last quarter lost 52 million. 
So they will be ramping down and closing some of the mills to drive. And again, I don't feel bad for them. They made so much during COVID because it was the same tree, <laughs> right? It was the same freaking tree in the same freaking process. And they were selling it for triple. So don't yeah. feel bad for them. But they will, their job is to make a profit. Right. The tree's got to keep getting milled. So you're gonna. I think you're gonna see slight escalation in 2024. Right. Well, and then we bought a ton. Again, I'm, I'm talking excruciatingly painful, but we bought a ton. Are you local builders, Mike? Style. Listening? We are good till spring. Uh, we bought a lot of lumber at the bottom. Good to know. Yes. Yeah. So you take the the increased cost of building a new home, couple that with the higher interest rates, and suddenly the people that and the down maybe, payment and the down payment. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, because lending institutions are getting a little more cautious now, where they're they're demanding more from the buyer. So well, four four fifty that we talked about, you're looking at bringing ninety thousand dollars to the table, twenty percent in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money for a lot of people. That's a lot. So of money. when you were at three hundred thousand, which is maybe was maybe pre-COVID for the same house, you maybe had to bring five percent down, which is twenty grand. Mm -hmm. So you're talking ninety grand versus twenty grand cash. Yeah, that's huge insane, difference. Yeah. insane difference. That so that a, definitely that changes the market. a lot of people on the market. Yeah, that pushes correct. a lot of people away. Yeah. Permanently, maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, it's hard to just get five minutes to go. Marcus, is that true? Yes. This 32-minute thing's not working out so good. We got a lot to talk about. <laughs> Mike asked me what we're going to talk about today. I'm like, it's going to go fast. We're going to be good. Yeah. I, I, well, yeah. And you, I thought I was supposed to be in charge, but you've totally dominated the conversation, as I expected. Full of crap. <laughs> literally the first. Not really, thing, I used the bathroom the before I came here. <laughs> the first thing you asked me was a question that was totally redirected towards you. So it's like, no, okay, fine, I'll take it over. So where do you like to vacation? Uh, great question. And the I like to go at least once a year. Uh, to, I, as I say, to put my feet in the sand. Mm, like I really don't care where to me i've been to mexico the uh you know gulf coast uh wherever caribbean, uh, Walker, caribbean many mm -hmm. times mm -hmm. if my feet are in the sand i'm a happy, happy camper. yeah I, I think it just makes me survive the winter honestly and it's something to look forward to oh, isn't a lot of times about vacation is a psychological thing because you're planning it and looking forward to it mm -hmm. how about yeah. yourself it's a goal yeah oh i'm absolutely the same way um my wife and i are huge vacationers yeah. we love to get away and and the beauty of having the right subcontractors means that you can simply work with them either through a phone call or a text and, and you feel confident that they're going to be able to keep the job rolling without you i will say that i'm going to be bringing my son on uh, hopefully in 2024 to help kind of ease some of the burden so that my wife and I have a little more time to and travel. And where do you like to travel? I, I, my wife and I are huge lovers of Florida. Uh, which, we side, actually, which side of where, what's your favorite? Like, uh, we you, love the, the Gulf back. side. Yeah, so do I. I love yeah. it. It's so and, underrated. It's so underrated. We love the, like, the Naples, Cape Coral. A little further down west. Yes. You've been to Captiva, Sanibel area? Uh, yes, yeah, Sanibel Island. Yep. Which one's your, mm -hmm. like, if you, if you were saying, okay, we're going to invest in a house down here. Which, where would you go? Which which town of all the ones you just mentioned or where? We would definitely stay in Lee County. Lee County. Yeah, okay. which is where Naples, Cape Coral, all right. of them are. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 a really nice sweet spot. It, it's it's growing, so it offers so much from the standpoint of restaurants, shopping. It's not that far from the Fort Myers Airport. Uh, so you're so close to everything and you're so close to the beaches. And it's far enough south in Florida that even in January you can be in a swimsuit. It's a significant difference. So I've oh, yeah, at, absolutely. I've stayed at St. George Island, which I adore St. George Island. It's called the Forgotten Coast. 
it's just locals and it's right in the panhandle you go right in the middle of spring break and it's just a wonderful little island uh they have like only four restaurants uh one little grocery store which is in the gas station it's wonderful but it's but again it's, it's you're now you're on the panhandle right so you're taking a huge so risk when we went there last cool, year cooler yeah it was 35 degrees right yeah and you're like mm-hmm. i didn't come but i'm again i'm like you said i'm in shorts and a t-shirt hat off you know my hat my shirt's off i'm in shorts i'm like we're doing this everybody knows you're from Wisconsin. we're doing this <laughs> we're effing <laughs> doing this right we're effing doing this yeah. but yes when you go further south it's a completely oh, yeah. climate. it's a completely different dynamic yeah, yeah. and that's what you're chasing i'm not chasing right. i'm not trying right. to go to florida to get 38 degrees no right no what's but the you're point? gonna get that in panama city you're gonna get that in absolutely Shores, yeah and yeah. we we don't we, that's not the part of Florida that we, we gravitate toward. We always go far south. Yeah, yeah. I've liked Captiva. I've liked Marco uh, Island Saint, is nice. Marco, I've never been to Marco. That's, that's really great. Nice, but they're all kind yeah. of the same. Uh, Saint George, Saint Pete's. Yep, that's I like nice. a lot. Really yep. like that a lot. Sarasota. Sarasota. Yeah, all that mm-hmm. stuff is. Yeah. Check a lot of boxes. Maybe we're just getting old. That's where we retired. <laughs> old people go from Wisconsin. Maybe we're just yeah. snowbirds. Well, it's funny because my wife and Are I you joked about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we joked about going to the villages and checking that out just for kicks. Just for uh, kicks until you have a place. No, <laughs> 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 well, we just went there. You know, they weren't that old. You know, they weren't that old. Ethel told us we really need to get a place. <laughs> what do you think, Myrna? Should we get it? <laughs> You'd be surprised. We're actually just older than we think. <laughs> Ethel is actually just 55 years old. You realize that? Right? <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, our last final question today is huge, big, giant billboard. Tons of people see it all the time. Anything you on it? What do you want on it and why? If I could have make my own billboard? Yeah. yeah, you have a big, big, giant billboard. You put anything on it and why? I've asked this all 91 episodes. Mm-hmm. That's how big a fan Mike is. Like you said, all your podcasts are excruciating. He's full of crap. <laughs> so, yes, big, huge, That's giant your billboard. your question knows that doesn't follow it, right? That's your question right there. With yeah, the yeah. You, yeah. If, you're prepa- if you're prepped on this, you know. If not, you got to take a deep breath. I'll give you time to think. Well, I mean... My first thought, of course, is going to be advertise for myself to create more work. Uh, I, I don't think anybody's ever business. said that. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's the first yeah. time in '91, which is maybe the first honest answer. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I will say that I am probably guilty of not marketing myself well enough, uh, creating more awareness of my business. It always amazes me that I've been doing this for ten years, and I can run across people when I tell them that I own American Dream Builders. They're, they they've never heard of it, and it's like. Wow, I guess I you know, and and it's partly because I don't want to be a production builder. I'm perfectly content building six houses a year. That's like a, a spot where I feel like I'm not overstressed. I'm comfortable with the income that I can make from it. Uh, I can handle customers. Um, I don't feel like I'm cutting myself way too thin, so that I'm giving every customer the kind of attention they deserve for the amount of money they're investing in. So, in so sidebar. That's have you ever heard the scale of three? No, talk to me. Right, so scale of three, uh, and I really believe in this, is really, especially working with builders, you have to reinvent your company every time you scale up times three. And even coming from us, right? When I started, we were a $4 million company, now we're doing $400 million a year. So we've had to reinvent ourselves so often. And it's a scale of three. So uh, for builders, that would be, I, and I, I, I see it totally, a guy that builds two homes a year is completely different than a guy that builds six. And for you to, and then you kind of get uncomfortable after that, right? So six, you kind of can do that till about 18. And then and then literally shit hits the fan, right? I've seen guys go from 6 to 25 and like holy shit. Yeah. And then they I mean they can go out of business that time when you go to the scales of 3 and we've been at that point in our company and when we went to we went from 50 to 150 million. I remember at 50 million was like whoop. At 150 it was like whoop. 
right? And then at 400, which we're at now, I can, we totally have already shifted, like, because I was aware of the scale of three. But at 150, I almost sold out because I was like, I don't know how to fucking do this anymore. Like, this is crazy because we were running it like a $50 million company. So mm-hmm. that six makes total sense. Like, and if you watch builders, they'll get to about 18 or 20 and they just freeze, which is totally cool because it, it doesn't, because a 20 year home builder trying to do 50, it'll crack them. Right. And then it goes from 20 to 60, 60 to 180, 180, you know, and on and on. I, so when you said six, I'm like, it totally resonated with me. I'm like, yep, you are at a perfect spot. Yeah. And, and part of the reason I, I don't want to go beyond that is because I'm, I'm still a one-man operation. That's what I mean. Yes. So it changes everything, Correct. right? Yes. So when you go from six to 18, now you have yeah. office staff, and now you have HR, and now you have a team, and now you have a total, and you're, you mean with every customer, when you go to 18, you wouldn't, right? Like, it just Correct. gets, it gets yes. crazy. Like, that's the scales of three. I mean, I came from a builder that, that we were a production builder, and it, it felt like, uh, I got a call number 12 today. I got a call number 14. So it, it, you lose a little bit of the personal approach, which I feel like I, I have that with so many of my customers, but nothing like what I have now where I'm so hands-on that that I, I, I feel like my customers become my friends. And, and a lot of them actually have become friends with me because it's such a personal thing to build a house. And you make it personal. You do a great do, job at yeah. that. You really do. Yeah. I, I, I do everything I can to take all the stress or as much of the stress as I possibly can away from them. And part of that is through sense of humor. Uh, I just try to make it fun for them so that, you know, it's like, hey, we're going to get through this. This is going to be great. We, had a, we had a girl come, uh, just started, Michelle, show from Michelle from Columbus. She just started this week. I'll really never forget it. She came from a pool place and a patio furniture. I said, why'd you leave? She said, you know, the culture wasn't the best. It was kind of a pain. She goes, when every customer walked in, it should have been freaking welcome to Disney World. You're going to build a pool with us. She's like, it wasn't that way. And I was like, oh, my God, that's our industry. You're going to build a house. You're going to build a kitchen where you're going to spend every single meal. You're going to have Christmas there for 20 years. Like, we should be like, this is Disney World. Like, when we pull up right. to the job site, we should be like, I have your kitchen in the back. <laughs> right? It happens to be in boxes, but you want to see it? Like, we should have a big red bow. If, right. Instead, we're like, dude, where do you want these? Bro. Right? Like. This is Disney World, man. They're building their dream house. Let's get excited. Like, where's the, where's the fun? I will say that when I did a recent offsite package, I was doing video after video after video, and I was texting them to the husband and wife, and they were blown away because they knew that they weren't going to be able to take off of work. And they, even though I told them how fast the house was going to go, they really did not truly understand or grasp the concept of how fast the house was going to go. That's awesome. So every hour or so I was sending them a video and they, they, they just could not believe how awesome it was to see their house. Were you there when they got home from work? Were you standing with them when no, they pulled up I or wish, I wish I could have been, but you know, when you got two or three jobs going at yeah, some point, just, you have to go to the other jobs. It didn't quite work yeah. out that Correct. day. Yeah, just didn't. doing that little stuff, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, 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 it made sure. it more real to them because they saw the elements of it leading to that versus just seeing it at the end of the day, it's like, wow, cool, I have a house, but I didn't really get to see how it actually all came about. Very cool. Because watching the walls go and then watching the guys put it all together, it, it, it's it's really mind blowing. Oh, I love it. I, yeah. I just obviously we've invested a lot in it. I think it's just like amazing. I'm just like, yeah, that's the house, and it's done. And you look at it like, and it's good quality. It's not like it's shit. You're like, you know, I've had a lot of very finicky uh, traditional stick built builders. Obviously, in Wisconsin, we have wonderful builders that work with us. They walk through it's like this is how I would have built it. Like I don't see anything. Where I'm like, that's weird. Now I will say, when offsite goes wrong, it goes horribly wrong <laughs> because the because the builder, uh, the factory will build that confidently wrong, right? So like your house will be missing a window, 
right? And they're That's like, "That's a problem." <laughs> yeah. Well, and especially, and again, we fix that very quickly in a day or two. But homeowners do not want to see their new house, no. re, in their opinion, remodeled. Right? It's not remodeled; it's fixable. Right. We cut it out. But again, they, now they show up at five o'clock, and they're like, "There's no window above the kitchen." <laughs> like, yeah, they're taking care of that tomorrow. It's all good. So when offsite goes bad, it's like it's so bad. Again, at least emotionally, it's so cool when it works. Right. But when it goes bad, it's usually. Uh, significantly bad. That, people ask me like, "What's the one downside?" I'm like, "When it goes bad, it's uh, well, it's bad." That happened with me. It's gonna no. I guarantee you, <laughs> we are I'm gonna make a mistake. With tremendous confidence. Absolutely, oh, it's, gonna it's gonna happen, but we will fix it faster than anybody else in Caremore. Okay, I promise you that. Yeah. Um, doesn't make it better when we have sawzalls out there and and uh, people are like, "Where's my window?" Or it's the wrong, you know, it's the wrong height. It's just like. Those don't match, and you're like, you're not wrong. Like it's been, you know, it's very, very. It's something that because somebody on site would never make that mistake, right? So it's like so mind blowing, but it can happen, right? right. It just because the designer takes it to the shop floor, and if it's three inches off, you're like, those windows do not line up. And again, we fix it the next day, but again, for that one day, you're like, ee, ee. <laughs> yeah, that's when the video comes in. You're like, that's not good. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, getting back to the how. I'm a second generation. My grandson is now wanting to see houses that I have oh, under construction. He's eight years old, and he's already saying to his mom, to me and my wife, "I want to be a builder when I get older." Wow, yes. genuine interest. That oh yeah, I, mean, I can just, just excited. If you're listening to it. that, you probably can feel his passion just seeing yeah. that. That's, that's excites it, you. It's one of those things where it makes you realize that you're actually contributing to your community society and, and it's making an impact to the point where your son wants to be part of it your grandson wants to be part of it yeah. our industry is known to be a non-sexy industry and i'm like i don't know how again we're building these amazing homes where your grandson wants to follow in your footsteps uh, i don't think it gets any sexier than that no, in my opinion cool. like that's just cool as shit well thanks for coming on dude yeah. super appreciate it you're awesome you 91 out peace love you all